Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. Now, there's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen. And bring a sense of humor, because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. I'm not one of these people who's going to sit here and tell you that the virus isn't real and it's a hoax. I mean, I understand that it's out there, but like I said, I, I feel like our industry, bars and restaurants, has been vilified during all this and stopping serving alcohol at 11 o'clock and making everyone finish their drinks by 1130 to me doesn't really help the problem of the virus. Today we hear from Jeff Serkin, owner and operator of Galette's a popular bar located on the Strip in Tuscaloosa. On July 27th, the Alabama Beverage Control Board voted unanimously to cut off on-premise alcohol sales at bars, restaurants, and clubs at 11 p.m. each night with the requirement that all alcohol be consumed by 11.30 p.m. The board had originally considered cutting off sales at 10 p.m. and the consumption at 10.30 p.m., but according to ABC Administrator Matt Gibson, they pushed the deadline back after hearing from bar and restaurant owners. Gibson said the limitations are a way to mitigate the difference between a complete shutdown and serving alcohol until 2 a.m. On Tuesday, August 4th, the Tuscaloosa City Council voted to give Mayor Walt Maddox executive powers to slow the continued spread of COVID-19. He said he will impose new restrictions on bars, restaurants, and entertainment venues, which should go into effect on Thursday including reducing bar occupancy to 50% after 9 p.m. And according to the Tuscaloosa News, Maddox also said that doing nothing almost guarantees that two weeks from now, the city will be in a much worse situation. As of Tuesday, 109 patients were being treated at DCH hospitals for COVID-19. And in the past two weeks, the number of confirmed cases in Tuscaloosa County has grown by 750 to a total of 3,984 according to the Tuscaloosa News. In 2017, Gillette's Bar, which remains the closest bar to Bryant-Denny Stadium in the University of Alabama campus, shut down the main space to renovate and completely change the overall look and more than doubled the capacity. They can fit nearly 800 people on a really busy day. I spoke to Gillette's owner, Jeff Serkin, about how the bar has coped and operated during the pandemic, how the latest restrictions will affect his business, what a canceled football season would mean for the bar, and how they reckon with needing to make money while also playing a part in helping to contain the virus. My name is Jeff Serkin, and I live in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I am the owner-operator of Galette's Bar on the Strip right here on University Boulevard. So how has it been for Galette's these last few months? You guys are still one of Tuscaloosa's most popular spots, and I would think business has been good with students trickling back into town. Is that true? 
We've definitely seen, uh, especially this past weekend with graduation, uh, we've seen, you know, it was an increase in business, but, um, it's been a struggle, uh, outside this past weekend. We've, uh, you know, myself and everyone in the bar and restaurant industry here in Tuscaloosa has been, we've been hit hard by this. You know, it's definitely been, uh, it's been a challenge, uh, to say the least. Yeah, and just going back for a second, in 2017, you created more natural light, open spaces and seating. It looked like a totally new bar, but it obviously maintained the Galette's identity and remains as popular as ever. And y'all were able to enjoy that for at least one full year before all this happened. You also more than doubled the capacity and, and are now able to fit, I believe, nearly 800 people on a really busy day. But with coronavirus, people seem more reluctant to go into packed places like bars and restaurants. But has that been true for y'all lately, or has it stayed packed? Uh, no, we, we've enacted um, the restrictions have been put into place at first by the city, and then the governor stepped in with her restrictions. So what we've been doing is we've been running at less than 50% capacity. Actually, we're at about a quarter of our capacity, a little bit less, actually. So we're letting in anywhere between 140 and 160 people. We're only operating the front room. We have not opened the back. We're not doing any type of live music. We haven't done any type of DJ, no live entertainment. And, you know, the mask mandate has been in place. Uh, we are enforcing the social distancing um, on our patio. You're not allowed to stand out there or walk around with a drink. You have to be seated. Obviously, the mask mandate, like I said. Um, so we, we we've gone above and beyond what the city and the state has asked as far as these restrictions. And we feel that, you know, we've done the best we can given the current situation out there. And we've even been complimented. Uh, you know, TPD has put together a task force that has gone around to all these bars and restaurants and enforcing these restrictions and the ordinance put in place. And we've actually been complimented several times by TPD at the job we're doing. So, there's nothing more we can do. Like I said, we've gone above and beyond what is expected of us. You spoke to this a good bit just now, but I'm just curious, what's it like to go into Galette's right now? If you could expand a little more on those precautions that y'all are taking to keep people safe and help slow the spread. Yeah. So without trying to completely change the face of it, you know, when you come in here, uh, you're not able to sit at the bar anymore. We've enacted essentially with, uh, barricades and ropes, so to speak, little lanes that you stand in to wait to for your drink at the bar. And we removed a good part of our seating to where we've limited the tables in the main room downstairs. You know, they're more than six feet apart as far as distance. And we've taken out some patio tables. And like I said earlier, we've enacted uh, the policy on the patio. You have to be seated and you're not able to stand and walk around there. You know, we kept the pool table in here, so you, we still have that. Um, and we basically consolidated the space as much as we can to go along with the guidelines to make it still a safe environment to come in, you know, at a, about a quarter of our capacity. Did y'all do any sort of, like, curbside service at all? Like, could somebody get a yellow hammer to go, like, during the early days of the shutdown? Uh, we did do some to-go service. Unfortunately, uh, the ABC board put an end to our to-go yellow hammer, uh, business a couple of years ago. Uh, they did not seem to think that that was a legal, uh, way for us to sell that drink. It's a story for another podcast, I guess, but, uh, we did do some to-go service with, we had limited 
feedback with it. it. It didn't, you know, it didn't do much for us. It was better than nothing than when we were shut down initially in March, April, and part of May. And speaking of the ABC, last week they voted to cut off on-premise alcohol sales at bars, restaurants, and clubs at 11 p.m. each night with the requirement that all alcohol be consumed by 11.30 p.m. How did that impact Galette's? What was your response to that change? Um, Obviously not happy with it. Felt that, you know, there was little to no communication uh, between the state and us on that. And all of a sudden, you know, they put this mandate into place and... Now it seems like this virus can magically tell time. So apparently, you know, after 11 o'clock, this virus is more potent, so to speak. Um, I, I, I don't understand the logic in it. My biggest thing that I've said and, and some of my other colleagues here in the business, we feel that, you know, where is the hard data and the hard numbers that these bars and restaurants are the cause of it? You know, we're a very numbers driven industry. You know, I work with these numbers every day as far as it goes in here. And, and naturally, I want to see numbers and, and data that back up the reasoning for this enforcement. And I've yet to see it. You know, I'm not one of these people who's going to sit here and tell you that the virus isn't real and it's a hoax. I mean, I understand that it's out there. But like I said, I, I feel like our industry, bars and restaurants, has been vilified during all this and stopping serving alcohol at 11 o'clock and making everyone finish their drinks by 11.30 to me doesn't really help the problem of the virus. And all this is going to do is going to take my clientele and push them out of a controlled environment where we have restrictions in place as far as social distancing and capacity. And these kids are just going to pack it up leave my place, leave all these other bars and restaurants, and they're going to take it into the streets and into house parties. And it's not going to be any restrictions there and no supervision, so to speak. And it's it's just going to cause even more problems to me, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and yesterday, the Tuscaloosa City Council, they voted to grant Walt Maddox executive powers to slow the spread of COVID-19. And he said he will impose new restrictions on bars and restaurants and entertainment venues, and those could go into effect on Thursday, including reducing bar occupancy to 50% after 9 p.m. So for those of us who don't understand, say, the nuance of your business, how will a new restriction like that immediately affect your place? Well, I mean, we've already been running pretty much at, like I said earlier, less than 50% capacity to begin with from the get-go of this when we were allowed to reopen back in May. So, I mean, his restrictions, you know, I understand I I'm not going to sit here and take up your time and, and bash Walt. You know, I understand he has a, a very difficult job and he has a lot of people in his ear and he has his job to do. And, and I understand that. And, you know, I'm not exactly happy with his decision, but at the same time, you know, we also have a job to do here. This is our livelihood. So the restrictions are, you know, to me, it's, it's more overreach. And again, you know, there's little to no communication with us in the bar and restaurant industry on this. You know, I got to work yesterday morning and heard through a secondhand party on social media, this is going to go into place. And then all of a sudden there's a pre-council meeting and he's laying all this stuff out and then, council meeting last night and it passes 
And, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe we could have met on a weekly or biweekly basis during all this. And, you know, we could have come together with the city and maybe still had some restrictions, so to speak, but maybe they wouldn't have been as restrictive and we could have worked on some better compromises with this. I feel like, you know, it's important to communicate. And, uh, again, this is just more overreach and more restrictions on us in an already hurting industry here in Tuscaloosa with the bars and restaurants. So it's, you know, it's, it's disappointing that this is where we're at. And, you know, my whole thing is when I come into work today or tomorrow, you know, what's next? I mean, it just seems like they have tightened the screws on us so much that it, it, it's, definitely affecting the way we can operate our business to the fullest. Yeah, and considering all of these guidelines handed down from the state and now the city, it does seem especially hard for places like Galette's to operate successfully, even if you're playing by the rules to a T. The perception is that with thousands of students moving back to town, they'll just go to bars and there will be more spread, right? You mentioned the stigma that's attached to bars, like places like Let's are being vilified in the eyes of, of the public to a degree. How do y'all reckon with needing to run a business, make money, and maintain your livelihoods while also playing a part in helping contain the virus? I mean, it, it, it's definitely a balance. I mean, like I said, we're, we're doing the best we can with these restrictions put into place. We still want to give the customer a good time when they come in here. I mean, it's not like it was, you know, a year ago when school started back when, you know, we had both rooms open and full capacity. And, you know, it's, it's definitely different in that end. But at the end of the day, we are still open and we are, this is our business. This is what we do. Um, it's our livelihood. So, you know, we want to continue to obviously stay open and, and work with these guidelines, although it, it is not easy. Um, but, you know, we just grind it out and, and make the best of it. And like I said, hopefully this thing has a light at the end of the tunnel and we can return to normal at some point. But it's just, you know, it, it, it's been frustrating. What would you say has been the most challenging part about all this that people outside of your industry might not have considered? Um. A couple of angles, I guess. I mean, the first thing was, you know, I, I felt bad for my employees and my staff. Um, a lot of these kids, you know, this is their only source of income and to have it put to, on a strain and, and it affecting their money, that, that's tough, you know. And I have a great staff here. They had the choice during this shutdown that, you know, they could have gone elsewhere and and a lot of them stuck around and, and grinded it out with me. So I'm grateful for that. So it's been difficult with the staff. You know, the not knowing, like I said, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out, are we going to have a football season? Are we not going to have a football season? Trying to adjust payroll and the business model to get prepared for that. But also, like I said, then there might not be a football season. Um, it's just been a bunch of challenges that, you know, I guess people on the outside don't see. Um, but, you know, we're not the only ones dealing with it. You know, the, the entire restaurant hospitality industry is, is feeling the effects of this. And, you know, like I said, it, it has been tough and we're just trying to, to keep everything on the up and up. And, and, you know, we're, we're doing things, like I said, strictly by the book and going above and beyond. I've expressed to the city, you know, if 
there might be some establishments out there that, you know, aren't doing things by the book and doing things their own way. And, you know, if, if they really want to enforce this stuff, then they might need to look at, you know, dropping the hammer on some of these other businesses that aren't cooperating. So it's it's just been a unique set of challenges every day. And it's been a tough road. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to grind through it and, and get through this. And like I said, hopefully see some light at the end of the tunnel. Well, and just as a follow-up to that, Jeff, if you walk by Galette's or if you just walk on the Strip on a game day during the fall, you see that your place is booming. I mean, it's packed most of the time. The patio is just crowded. And we've learned a little bit about how no football season would impact the city and even the university. If there's no football season this fall or if there's a fraction of a season even, what does that mean for Galette's? Financially, I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's going to hurt. It's definitely going to hurt. I mean, football season for a lot of us in the bar and restaurant industry, uh, those seven home games pay the bills for the rest of the year to, you know, especially during the slow time, you know, coming back in the early part of the spring semester and then, you know, leading up to spring break. Football season is, is king and it, and it pays the bills. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be a different look and feel with no football on Saturdays. And even if they do have the season, instead of seven home games, it looks like if they're able to play football, we're only going to have five. So that, that limits it too. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, if our doors can be open, we're going to be open. And if it's less home games or like you said, a fraction of the season, you know, we'll just have to, to grin and bear it and get by. And my last thing for you, you mentioned light at the end of the tunnel. What's encouraging you right now about this situation? Um, I mean, as far as being encouraged, it's just, you know, hopefully, I don't know if the vaccine is the answer to this or, you know, if, if this thing is people are going to follow the protocols that's been put in place and hopefully, you know, they're smart enough to, to do that and, and we can start to see this thing trend down. You know, I'm not an expert as far as epidemiology or I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I just hope that enough's enough with this and uh, you know I, I just I want to see it trend down and you know I'm not I'm not trying to put a, a dollar amount over lives you know one person dying from this is enough and you know I'm not trying to to make light of any of that or put our business ahead of any of that but I just you know I have the utmost respect for the doctors and, and nurses that are on the front line fighting this thing and, and doing their job and they're essentially heroes during all this but you know, at the end of the day, you know, we've got to man up down here and, and keep our doors open and do the best we can to survive and, and push forward with our business. So, I, like I said, I hope people are mindful of what's going on and, you know, whether or not you like the rules that are in place, let's let's try to come together and, and follow them and hopefully drive this thing down and, and get it the hell out of here, basically. Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, no problem. I appreciate you having me. If you or anyone you know is affected by coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all of our coverage on the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, Visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. 
Thanks for listening.